When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Radio. And now for something completely similar, 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 similar. I'm in a cave. Well, here we are, friends, back at the old... Film Ranch, where we watch movies. I mean, uh, I mean that's not usually our, our thing, uh, but I, I'm thinking if we could get a Film Ranch, I mean, that would really be, be advantageous to this podcast, because we could raise our own films uh, in a free-range sort of get way. Get along, so, little doggy. Imagine if we could raise enough films that we could break into the Chinese market. Can you imagine the money we could make? Uh, turns out, Jason... The biggest Chinese conspiracy is that people don't actually make any money over there. <gasps> it's because they're communists. Mm-hmm. The wow. Chinese spy balloon was full of all the money that we were getting as a refund. And that's why they shut it down to steal it from we the people. Dude, this is how Reddit threads start. <laughs> or I guess 4chan threads. So what you're saying is China's actually the good guy because it was sending us all its money that it didn't need. Right, 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 right. Wow, Xi Jinping's a cool guy. Maybe that'll you maybe wanna, they'll get you wanna, us. You want to rethink? You want to no, no, rethink no. that soundbite? Right, and listen, if we suck up to Xi Jinping, we could be mm-hmm. like the exclusive English film podcast in the entirety of China. That's eight hundred million people, possible listeners. Most of them I mean, won't they, understand us, but but they'll still listen because they got it. It's the it's the law. I mean, they already have an official English uh, podcast in China. Yeah, it's a, it's. A, I assume Daishan hosted. Uh, no, I was just going to say it was Joe Rogan. Oh. <laughs> they can make their own now. You saw that. Did you see that fake uh, Joe Rogan video where it was it was Joe Rogan and one of his guests, but they it was like AI generated, so they were like trying to sell dick pills? I mean, I would have probably just assumed that was real. <laughs> well, and that's the Jay- thing is that is that you would, but uh, it wasn't. But Jason, we're not here to talk about dick pills. What do we do? What, what is this? What, what, why am I here? What are we doing? What is this room you put me in? You put a bag on my head. You said, don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, you said, we're going to a safe place. You said, it's warm, it's fuzzy, and it mm-hmm. smells like apples. What's going on? Well, isn't I, I thought we did this podcast as a front for selling uh, dick pills. I mean, we don't directly sell dick pills, but, yeah, but our we sponsors don't usually, sell dick pills. We don't usually say that, though. Well, I think transparency uh, is is something that is necessary. And if our sponsors at Street Overlord want to uh, support us, then they need to be open about that. Use promo code for screen for That's 20% right. off your first dick pill order, plus That's free right. shipping to anywhere in North America. And folks, any burning you feel, that's just part of how it works. You know what they say, no burn, no work. But, Brendan, the creamy veneer on top of this podcast Gross. that is, exists I hate only that. to sell dick pills, Brendan, I is that, that so we much. talk about British 
films. And British films. So many British films. We talked about the British film list, the BFI Institute's top 100 list. We, we did that. We conquered that list. And now we're moved on to the Empire list. But we're not doing that this week. No. We are talking about movies that are slightly different, Brendan. And how are they different? Well, first of all, Jason, I'm going to need you to throw down that Illuminati sign while you're talking about these movies that are slightly uh, <laughs> no, different. No, I was I was doing the Diamond Cutter. I was getting ready to do the Diamond Cutter. You, so you either so you're saying that Dynamite Dallas Page, Jay Z are both in the Illuminati? Yeah, no, they run the meant. Illuminati. Okay. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk DDP? But you know, he's actually run the Illuminati since he was about twenty, and oh, uh, okay. wrestling was just kind of the thing he he got was interested in. That makes sense. That's why he um, didn't wrestle until he was like in his forties. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of things to do. Uh, what are we doing? Well, Jason, we are talking about something completely similar. In fact, yes. it might say that it's um, it's it's time uh, and and now for something completely similar. And that's when we talk about movies that are tangentially related to movies on the list that we've already discussed. Whether it's a sequel, a midquel, a prequel, a trequel, a freequel, a squeakquel. Um, yep, uh, a or, reboot, uh, a reimagining, a remaster, a a, a, a rejigger. <laughs> you know, what? if you, you say remaster, it'd be really <laughs> stupid if we did like now. We're going to talk about the remastered version of Blade Runner. It's, it's exactly like, wow, the same. Picture quality looks great, and the sound sounds even slightly better. <laughs> now let's dive into this movie. Oh wait, we already did. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so on the docket, this is our last one before we go back to the list, and you know, then we still have a few more later on. But don't you worry about that right now. But this is our last one for now, Jason. We talked about a movie called The Descent. We did, and I think we both said, "Great, great movie." Was a fun, grounded uh, horror movie, despite having weird subhuman vampire-looking creatures, and it was well made and well acted, and, and we both enjoyed it. Yes, and uh, above all else, it was one of those movies that were like, I think throughout the movie we were like, oh man, the worst version of this part is this. The American version of this part is this. This would happen if it wasn't well written. And not that, not, I mean, why would I even mention that? Well, we're talking about, uh, much like it, much like in the spirit of other unnecessary sequels, such as, uh, I don't know, The Exorcist 2, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, analyze that. Analyze that. Meet the Fockers. <laughs> the whole um, ten yards. Yeah. Well, what are you talking about? That was very necessary. <laughs> My wife loves uh, that movie. We are talking about the descent, part two. Descending into the ground again. Let's go back to the place where it was so sad, and my friends died. Oh, my friends died. So the police think the best thing to do is take this traumatic woman that just went through something so bad she was hysterically crying and they had to sedate her. And we'll take her back into the ground where we found her and the horror happened. Good cops. Jason, can I ask you a question about that? Please, please, and I'll answer you in this song. I wanted to know if there was certainly no characters on the first one that returned, because that would be really silly, because almost all of them died. It's funny you say that. that. With that song, it can only mean one thing, Brendan. Well, We're talking song about is really the like part two. Te- teasing at some spoilers in yeah. the theme song there. Absolutely. Uh, 
The Descent Part 2, not directed by Neil Marshall. No. No, directed by, uh, I don't know. Jan DeBont. No. No. <laughs> no, it's not Jan DeBont. <laughs> directed by Dennis Hopper. Uh, this was directed by John Harris. Yes, who was the editor on the first Descent oh, movie. Yeah. I see that. He's a British film editor. He's edited Train Spotting 2, a movie that we already talked mm-hmm. about. The Descent Part 2. Jason, this is a movie, and I think you'll understand why I say this right away before we even discuss the movie. This is a movie I had seen and remembered absolutely nothing about. Why did you see this movie? Well, I, w- I mean, like you. What's this dude's name again? John? John Harris. John Harris. Well, I mean, like you, I had seen the first one. I really, really liked the first one. Mm-hmm. And... When I first watched The Descent, you have to remember that I was a much younger person. Yes. I was, uh, I was a person who said, oh, I like this movie called The Descent. If there is a Descent Part 2, that means there is more Descent to give. So sure. I want all of The Descent, and I lapped it up like a dog. Did you? No, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> here's the thing. I don't know, because I, rem- I didn't remember one solitary goddamn thing except for the big reveal moment which yeah. was maybe one of the stupidest parts of the movie yeah. and made absolutely no sense no. but um other than that no i didn't remember anything uh really at all so well, yay let's let's start with first things first here we got to get this out of the way so the original ending of the original film was pretty clear our, our protagonist died and the, well, the- the, the original, UK like ending. the the UK yeah. ending, our protagonist yes. clearly did not survive the encounter. Uh, the American ending, however, she did survive, but it was one of those dumb kind of jump scare endings. That I mean, I guess she's still alive, but like, whatever. So, well, she was she she was traumatized. Did she not see Juno in her last moments? Uh, yeah, well, that was, that was the, yeah, that was the kind of ghost she saw in the vehicle she was in when she pulled over. She's crying and then she looks over and there's like corpse Juno staring back at her and then it cuts. But I don't, but I think, I think it's meant to be like, but I don't think it's meant to actually be taken as like, there's a ghost no, in the no, movie. No, no, I think no, it's no. meant it's, to be like, this is, tr- this is like this, her trauma yeah, now. Yeah, this, this will haunt her for the rest of her life. Right. Because as you remember in the original film, uh, Juno, um, kind of shittily, <laughs> I mean, not shittily that she accidentally hit one of the girls with her axe. I mean, that sucks. I mean, that was a, obviously the movie makes that look like made, made that look like an accident. But the fact that she then left her and didn't either a put her out of her misery or b try to help her is pretty shitty. Yeah. And then uh, you know Sarah finds out, and by the end of it, she kind of does the same to Juno. She clips her in the knee, yeah. uh, causing her to not be able to move and fend off the monsters as she goes to escape. Well, and as we remember, the the main tension there was the fact that Juno had, I guess, accidentally killed one of the other people. That's what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just reiterating for the fans because they okay. might be as dumb as I am. <laughs> <laughs> what, like from 20 seconds ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so so here we are, and we're with the sequel, and she and so know, she's alive. And s- yeah, and so I guess the sequel, it's like if you if you I know you're gonna give us a brief, very brief, because there's not a lot of plot here. But um, it doesn't make much sense because if you say, okay, obviously the UK ending in this case is not canon. The US ending, I guess, is what you have to go with. But it makes no sense because when we start the movie, this movie, she's found by, like, the lake. But, like, 
we saw her in a vehicle yeah. driving away conscious. Yeah. So it's like we're already rewriting like the ending of the first movie. Just need to get her from that vehicle to the highway or something. So we have to assume that she like yeah, like crawled out of the car or something and then gets picked up by a farmer and or whatever, a woodsman, and gets taken into town. Kevin Back Bacon? to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Kevin so, Bacon's pedophile character picks her up? That's very strange. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a, it was a weird choice. <laughs> In fact, most of this movie's budget went to paying him for that five-minute scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so she is brought back into town and, and taken to the medical center, and I guess the fact that her and her compatriots had disappeared underground. Uh, that was a, a big deal, obviously. I mean, come on. Um, so there's police and stuff, and they're trying to figure out what happened to these other girls. But um, when uh, Sarah, is it Sarah? Yeah. Yeah, when Sarah's can, brought can, in. Can I, just, can I just interject just for a second? Sure. Here? Because this is my first problem. You said that obviously this is a big deal, and they're looking for these girls. Didn't they make it a very important point of the first movie that no one knew where they were yeah. that they they didn't even chart this journey no they were because... they were definitely underground in a different spot now but yeah that's the thing is that they find her but she's like apoplectic she's hysterical and they have to sedate her when they pick her up so they don't necessarily know where she came from like they could probably maybe find where she came out of maybe no but, but you can't tell been... them anything but they've been searching for these girls, though. Yeah. But that's my thing. Like, uh, why would they even know that they went somewhere? Yeah. Like, Juno didn't even, like, register where they were going. Like, like no one knows where they went. Or, that was the whole she, scary she thing. She did register where they were going, but it was, like, a completely different place because she wanted to discover a new cave system. And so instead of going to the place they intended to go, she went to this new place. But I don't even think she did because I thought that was the, the whole scary thing of the first movie is that no one knew that they were yeah. going... It could even save them if they had well, to. And, well, and even when they figured, but even if they did realize that they were down there, they didn't know where they were. They would have thought they were somewhere completely different than where they were. But somehow, yes. But somehow, in the beginning of this movie, they they the police have gathered and they're investigating this stuff, and she's like, they, "Well, yeah." They, they they go to the police go to see her in the hospital, and the doc's like, "Ah, yeah, no, she just she was so bad, we had to sedate her, so you probably shouldn't." And then they go still try to talk to her anyways. <laughs> they go they, in and immediately have a conversation with her. Yeah. And then they decide the best thing to do is to figure out what happened to these girls, even though she doesn't remember anything. They have this conversation with her. She's got complete amnesia. She doesn't remember what happened. Oh. They're like, oh, so what we should do is if we drag you back down into the cave with us, then maybe uh, that'll jog your memory. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I know we're in the Appalachian Mountains, and I know we're in North Carolina. No offense, North Carolina. And I know, you know, cops are bastards. But, like, this would not... No, not, this no wouldn't sense. happen, ever. Because, because yeah, because if you look at it from this perspective, okay, you've got these missing girls. They found this one girl. you got all these missing girls. So that means one of two things. And she doesn't remember what happened, so that means one of two things. Either... Those girls are still lost down there, and she's completely traumatized because she escaped from there or got out of the cave system, or she's like a psycho killer that killed all these people. Um, and they just still decide, okay, let's take her down. Yeah, and and of course, like, and of course, we have to have one character, the sheriff, who's like convinced that she's a killer, yeah. and the deputy who's conv who's not not quite convinced of it. <laughs> 
and it's like you so you can get that back and forth. Yeah. So right away it's like okay, we're we're leaning into the tropes that we didn't lean into in the first movie very clearly early on. Yeah. Yeah, and uh this uh, this Brian Dennehy wannabe who's the <laughs> who's the sheriff. Yeah. Um, Slim down Brian Dennehy. Yeah. Um so yeah, they they decide that they want to take her back down and for whatever reason they don't think, you know, maybe we should have like a support system set up. Maybe we should have like a command center above the ground. Maybe, you know, like run some line or something down with us into the cave. No, they just all go down. They don't, <laughs> they have radios with them, which I don't understand how they work underground. And yeah, they, they just go down. They just go down. They just, a group of people, they go back down into the cave. They don't, it's like, they don't tell anybody. They just fucking go. Yeah. It makes no sense. It- and it's and it's already so much less interesting because the whole point of the first movie was we had an all female cast. Yeah, they were all friends. They all had an existing relationship with each other. We got hints of like some tension, and as the movie go went on, we kind of had that unravel a little bit, and we got little bits and pieces of it here and there. In this movie, it's like oh, just a bunch of fucking random people going in a cave. Pretty much like those that in the original movie, those are all distinct characters and we all kind of got a sense of their personality. But in this one, it's like, well, there's 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 white guy and then there's young white guy and then there's young British white guy. And then there's like a British lady and there's some other lady, maybe. Uh, uh, oh, and there's the cop. Like, the, it's the, just the deputy's the closest thing to maybe a full character. And yeah. she's barely that. Yeah. She's, like she I, she exists to be there to, to patronize Sarah. And then to be the one to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I didn't believe you when it comes out that there are these fucking monsters underground. And and you could and, and then you could say, like, well, Sarah is like the only character. But you can't you can't, you can't give this movie credit for Sarah because no. she was a character that was created for the first one. So to, to say that, you know, oh, well, that character turns out pretty good, yeah. uh, it has some personality and some nuance. Yeah, because she did in the first movie. She already had 90 minutes to establish that previously. Or, Right. So yeah, again, it's just a, like I say, like I like to say uh, with a typical slasher movie, because that's what this is pretty much yeah. closest, closer to. Now, granted, the other one, uh, similar to a slasher movie in that the monsters pretty much kill every, kill almost everyone off. And, you know, there's a, there's a final girl and everything, but there's much more of like, there's much more to that one. Yeah. This one is unabashedly like a slasher movie well, in a cave. It's a weird movie too, because it's a movie that obviously you need to have seen the first one to some extent to know what's going on. I was, as I was watching this, I was thinking about because they make this movie because most movies do No, very few movies are just like straight sequels that don't like reset stuff for new viewers. And this is the one that does too, but it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of like, we all know what's going on, but for the for the viewer that decided to start at the descent too, this is we have a, an amnesiac mystery case here. We have a woman who went through some shit. We don't know what happened to her, and then uh, uh, we don't really know through most of the movie. And then it all gets info dumped on us at some point, like three quarters of the way in. <laughs> which which again didn't happen in the last one. Yeah. They didn't info dump us at all. Well, no, because it, it, we watched it happen, but then they had to info dump the what happened in the first movie later in the movie. Rather, oh, than... that was the the most egregious thing <laughs> ever. Where she was like, "Well, see, this is what happened. See, my husband cheated on me, and then my husband died, and then there was a lot of guilt, yeah. and there was a lot of upset, and then I got mad, and then I left this person to die, and it was like, oh my god, why? <laughs> you can do a sequel." that you a good sequel you should be able to go into without having seen the original and know what's going on yeah and i mean and 
I mean, they, they let you know you what's going get... on. It's just that <laughs> she basically gives a summary of the first film while they're underground. But but the crazy thing is this, though. Like like you said, this it's similarly to the first one. We don't see the creatures for a while, mm. right? Probably yeah. like tw- 30 minutes, maybe. Maybe less time than the first one, but certainly at least like 25, 30 yeah. minutes. And it's crazy because if you're going into this having seen the first one, you're yeah. like... Oh my fucking god! Just show them. I don't care. Like I yeah. know what they look like. I've seen them before. Yeah. It's not. It, this is. You don't. They didn't do this in Jaws too. Like, what, just get to the fucking animal. Yeah. And if you haven't seen this before, I mean, I guess you could be like, "Ooh, what's down here?" Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, but I mean, it, it, it you does. Gotta, you got to do it so that it works for both. And it does such a poor job in comparison to how the first movie does it when it's a new thing and it's interesting because like 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 I said while we talked about the first movie, until we discover those monsters, it's an it's, it seems like a pretty pretty grounded movie about the horrors of being stuck in a cave system and getting lost, which is which is scary enough on its own. This movie doesn't really have that. The going down into the no. caves doesn't feel dangerous. Uh, they don't take, I mean, and yeah, maybe they did in the last movie, but they don't take the time to establish, they're willing to establish other stuff, but they don't take the time to establish how dangerous it is being down there. The fact that they all just go down willy nilly and there's nobody on the ground keeping in touch with them, like it just feels so fucking lazy. <laughs> and I don't feel like there's, I don't feel like there's any sense, like you said, you don't feel the claustrophobia that you do in the first one. I don't feel, this feels very much like filmed on a set. The other one, I was like, man, they're in a cave. They're fucking, they're just, they're crawling around there. I believed it. Like, I bought completely into it. And this one, I'm like, there's a couple of things. Like, there's, 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 I know there's one, there's one girl that gets kind of trapped in the rocks at one point. And, you know, the guy's like, I'm going to come back for you. And the radio kind of fades away as they, as they get closer. And that's genuinely kind of scary. But that's it's very few moments like that because I feel like when they're just walking around in the cave, I'm just like, I'm just bored. Well, like I'm like they're, they're doing, which is similar to what happened in the first one, but the first one had that real sense of tension. One of the things I hate about this movie is that it kind of apes the color style of the first movie without understanding to. it. Yeah, like it's yeah, it's not using it in any particular way other than oh well, this is what the first movie looked like, so let's do it here well, different. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really help anything. The only time, and 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 I guess there is. I guess technically all the actors from the first movie do make a brief cameo appearance because there is some uh, footage that they find. Yeah, they find her video cameras down in the mine that somehow still has battery. I know I get it. It's only been a day, but still, she used that camera quite a bit (laughs) to be able to see. And, and this is and this is a scene that he actually got all the actors in the original to to do a a, sh- a shot like another scene just to expand on the scene from the first one. And it's funny because when we see that and we see like the the camera vision or whatever, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that that's that we had more of that in the first movie yeah. that looked better. You even get a few brief like glimpses of the first movie when she's like quickly remembering piece bits and yeah. pieces of it, and you're like, oh right, that's how the movie's supposed to be shot. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's weird. It, like, Neil Marshall was the, stayed on as, like, producer or whatever to get this made. He didn't want to direct it, but he pretty much later on, all for all intents and purposes, disowned it. <laughs> said, you know, it, it was a completely unnecessary sequel. Said, you know, it's, um... He said the first film like res- resolved itself. Doesn't matter which ending you chose. And he said it wraps up in a way that was bleak, whatever way you cut it. And he's like, the second film began. It, d- it didn't even pick up from my- either ending. So what's the point? But it's like, I-, I feel like with a sequel like this, if, you- if you're if you going to make a sequel to this movie, you need to 
broaden it. You need or not broaden it, but you need to like expand kind of its scope somewhat. Like, yeah, this movie doesn't do that. This movie thrusts us back into kind of the same situation as the first movie without really changing it substantially. It's um, just making it worse. Yeah, like what if what, what if this movie had been like, how does okay, so these girls disappear now? What's the nearby town doing as these uh, monsters start becoming a problem and hunting? Because they hunt animals, so they're up on the ground. So surely somebody must catch sight of them. Like. We could have almost had like sort of a tremors like take uh, uh, yeah. about these about these monsters and in, in a town dealing with it, but no. Instead, we just decide to do kind of the same thing again in a worse or, way. Or God forbid, and I hate to say this because I don't. I I think there are eight million too many origin stories, but I mean, do a prequel if you want. I mean, something sure. like you know, show show how the fucking things got down there. I don't care. Do it like like. Um... Uh, quest for fire or something and it's just like yeah, cavemen sure. like splitting off into different groups and <laughs> yeah just like that <laughs> but i mean like at least it would be different like this just it just like you said it's just it just feels like the same thing it's like oh we have these like strong independent female characters that were really fun and funny we got to see their relationship beforehand and they all had good chemistry with each other and this one's like oh so if we just put anyone down there it works so we just put some dudes, some chicks, and uh, have a lot of fun. I mean, a, a bunch of characters that we barely, like, I don't remember anybody really besides I, the sheriff, and that's because he had a goatee. The only reason I know the sheriff is because he starts going all cartoon bad guy yeah. at various times. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that there's a moment where they're walking through the cave. They've already seen tons of these monsters, hmm. and he thinks the best idea is to handcuff himself to Sarah. <laughs> yeah. And and really, like, now of all times, now is when you decide to do that? Even as a stupid cop character, that is a stupid thing to do. Yeah, I mean, oh, Christ. Yeah, it's like, you shouldn't have brought her down in the first place, and it really feels like, is this guy this stupid, but he's like finally really realizing how badly he fucked up, and this is his terrible decision of how to fix the problem? Oh, I'll just handcuff myself to her. That'll be also, great for getting through these tiny spaces and these fucking uh, unstable rocks. I know, I know, I feel the Americanness of this movie because there's a moment where um, a character that will become important later in a very stupid way, um, that like Southern hick dude that gets yes. them into the cave. He uh, when he when they when they ask him like, "Whoa, this this rust bucket still work?" and he's like, "I bet you work a lot be a lot longer than one of your MP3s." <laughs> you know, like one of those fucking stupid like. Well, new technology's real fancy, Dandy, but it don't work worth a shit. You listen to music on a digital music player, and I run this fucking steam-powered elevator into a mine, son. I'm superior to you. Yeah, it feels very like... <laughs> it feels very much like that. I, I was like, oh, man, this is like one of those things where it's like, you know, I like having conversations like you with that cellular telephone of yours. And that's pretty much the only characterization we get for that guy beyond the fact that he's like, he's just like woodsman redneck guy that lives out in the woods. Oh yeah. Because like you need, you need to really know, uh, you know, they, they give us a really deep understanding of him so we can be so shocked at that reveal later. Oh yeah. No, we'll, we'll get there. Oh boy. We'll get there. <sighs> but yeah, <sighs> the dialogue is so bad. Like you talked about how they basically spell out, um, stuff from the first movie, but the dialogue is just like it's just so trite horror bullshit. 
it's just this, uh, everything about this movie just screams unnecessary. No, and I don't. I, I don't feel. I, I, I'm glad that everybody involved got a paycheck. Is what I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing against people taking work. This That's movie right. does seem to be lit a lot brighter too. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, it's almost like they were like, well, well, in the first movie, it looked cool, but like you couldn't see what they were doing. We got to make sure we could see what they're doing at all times. Yeah. But that was what made the first one scary: is yeah. that we couldn't quite see everything perfectly and especially when it came to the monsters we got these flashes uh now i will say the makeup on the monsters in this movie it's not bad uh it's, it's too it, much i it, think i i think it's uh i would say though that it, for a movie that is this bad uh like the makeup's pretty good um but you're right we see far too much of it they now i get it we we know these things exist now and having seen the first movie if we saw the first movie you know we don't need to hide it from us. We know what's going on. But, yeah, they don't really kind of cloak it at all. It's like we just kind of get straight-up shots of them in this movie. Oh, sorry. No, let me correct myself. I'm not saying that we see too much of them as in, like, they're on camera too mm. much. I just think they're too detailed. Oh, you think so? Like, the design, I think, is too much. Oh, interesting. Like, I, th- I, th- I kind of liked the less kind of the more subtle look of them in the other one. Like, I feel like they added these, like, veins and fucking fangs and they, all these details in their face that I don't think are... I don't think it makes them scarier. I mean, they, they look like feral vampires is what they look like because they got the pointed ears and they got the... Yeah, it's just... And they, they eat stuff. They got the big teeth, like... Yeah, and they, they don't... I don't know. I feel like they die easier in this movie. <laughs> Sure. I mean, you could attribute that maybe to Sarah having experience with them now that she's a badass in this movie after going through that trauma. Yes, I would have thought she would have reacted maybe stronger when she realized that she was back in the cave again. Like, you'd think that that would be a moment of, like, just abject horror that I thought I got out of here and I'm fucking back. Well, and that's but that's the bullshit. That's why they throw in that bullshit of her not remembering, yeah. her having amnesia. Well, yeah, like, but I mean that's the only way you get away with that. But that's the thing is that they could have that moment because as as she's in the cave, we see her having flashes of stuff and kind of starting to recognize things. Like they really missed out on having that, that horrifying moment of her kind of everything coming back to her and realizing where she was and what she was doing, and 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 being completely just terrified by the prospect because she worked so hard to get out of there. <laughs> I will say that one thing I liked until a moment shortly after it ruins it is that the moment that fucks them over is the sheriff getting gun happy and shooting his gun into the air and causing the, the, the rock slide, yeah. which I thought, like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like, a gun fucked them over. Like, there's some stupid American with a gun. But then three minutes later, a character says, oh, you fucking Americans and your guns. And I'm like, well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> of course. Of course. There's some political statements in there. Let that moment fucking exist. We don't need to, like, explain it to everyone. Oh. And everybody be yeah, deaf. The, I'm sure everybody be fucking deaf if he pulled off a shot in, in a cave like that. Well, that, yeah, that too. Plus, plus, isn't there, like, isn't there, like, fucking gas and shit down there, too? Like, wouldn't that cause, like, a fire? I mean, it's possible, not necessarily, but certainly possible underground, yeah, for sure. There's also a lot more emphasis on the score. Yeah? Um, I, I, I barely like, remember it. <laughs> I don't think it's good or memorable, but it comes in a lot more. Yeah. I feel like in the in the original film, we didn't really, we didn't really uh, get a lot of that. It was just kind of more like ambient and yeah. dialogue and a lot stuff. Of, and, a lot of but quiet. This, but this one, it's like it comes in, and I'm like, why is there music? Like, I don't feel like I'm in this cave right now. <laughs> because this movie has to compensate in some way for what it doesn't have that the original had. So it makes up for it with an overuse of score and we make up for any loss in tension and kind of uh, uh, mystery with just straight gore. 
But you know what it does have, Jason? What's that? It has a, a scene where we get to see the monsters take big shits off the side of a cliff. Yes, we really wanted to humanize the monsters that way after they have a uh, an encounter in a in a mud puddle. Turns out it's not mud. Like why? <laughs> well, I mean, that was the that was the biggest question that test audiences had coming out of the first one was how do they poop? How do And they where poop? do they poop? It's just like it it's almost like and it's a com- it's done as like a comedy beat. Almost, yeah, but it's not funny, even a little. <laughs> no, it's just like, uh, okay. It's like, <laughs> as if these women haven't been through enough already in this movie. Now they got to deal with poo. Well, and it just feels like a shock value moment, yeah. I guess. But it's like, it's just stupid. Like, well, okay, so we're supposed to be like all tense and everything, watching them fend off these monsters. And then we get a scene where they get their poop in their mouth. Like, yeah, it's, what the, uh, it's a moment for the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Descent Two was was rated 14A in Canada, so all the teens could go in and be like, "Ha ha, that's poop. They poop just like me." It's like that moment in Bad Boys Two when Marcus sees the rats and says, "Hey, they fuck just like us." <laughs> that they do. Classic cinema. Uh, have we gotten far enough that we can talk about this? We could. T- oh, you gonna, we're gonna save. We're gonna save that for after the break. But okay. uh, I do want to say one. I do want to say one other thing, and I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about too. That's the thing, folks. This moment is so stupid that Jason and I don't even have to say anything, and we we just we're reading each other's brains. We're on the same wavelength, man. Damn right. I want to talk about too. Um, what I thought was really stupid, and there's a second instance of this, but there. I hate the moment in this movie where. And I wrote the, their names down because otherwise I would not know. Yeah. But there's a character named Kath, who, and she's the one that gets caught like in the rocks or whatever. Yeah. And her guy, Greg, ends up saving her eventually. And then he sacrifices himself so that she can escape. But then 35 seconds later, she gets mutilated by the monster. And it's like, okay, fine, we're killing off bodies. Like, I don't give a shit about these characters. But why have this moment, (laughs) this big moment where, you know, oh, my God, I'm sacrificing myself for for, for my girlfriend, my lover, my friend, whatever, just to have them die moments later. It's just so stupid and not necessary. It's a comment on the futility of life. (laughs) No, it's not, Jason. You know it. You know it's not. You it's like you can dumb, you can do everything writing. you can try, but everything can be over in just a second, and that's what what's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> oh man! So we've got a we've got a big big thing to talk about coming up here with this movie, but uh, we we have to take a break. We have to collect our thoughts here. You got to listen to some ads, and uh, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm a small town sheriff, and I'm here to say. Age of Radio. That's what I listen to in the truck. I'm a car radio. <laughs> we ain't got those no more. Can't listen to that on your cell phone. And we're back. Uh, we are back. We're still here. Why? We're still here. We're oh. here. We're queer. Get used to it. We are. Let's talk. Jason, 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 Jason. Yeah. This movie is not great. No. 93 not minutes, good. Brendan. 93 minutes. 93 minutes is it? Yeah. Did you did you feel feel that? Yeah, every second. Every second. Um I I mean I don't think it's the slowest movie we've nah. ever watched, but it's certainly one of the most uninteresting ones. There um, there are movies for this podcast I watch and I enjoy the shit out of them and I'm so happy I watched them. And there are other movies where it's work and this was work. 
<laughs> yeah, there are movies that are 88 minutes and feel like 800. Yeah. Um, but Jason, I do have to say that this movie is obviously very stupid. And I know I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> no, that's kind of skipping ahead to the yeah. end. But this is gonna, I'm setting this up because th- as stupid as the rest of this movie is, mm. we're about to talk about the dumbest fucking thing that happens in this movie. We are. Jason, why don't you set this up? All right. So, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, if you don't, if you don't want to be ruined on Descent too, turn oh, it off now. Shit! Everyone just turned off their podcast apps. So, the sheriff gets separated from the mall at one point, and uh, he, you know, was being dumb, and he's from dumb. the mall. The sheriff. From the the mall? regent mall. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he gets separated from them all. Ah, 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 ah okay. And. Is he is he on the radio or something? Anyways, he does something that causes noise to draw the uh, monsters near, and it looks like he's going to die. He's going to get attacked, and then he is saved by. Oh, a, it must a, be Sarah, right? You would think, uh, but no. We see we see the iconic uh, uh, climbing uh, pick. Uh, come in and wreck house on this uh, monster and we see the red tank top the iconic red tank top and it pulls back and you think it's lara croft no it's juno baby she's still alive jason how far did your eyes roll back into your head when you saw this Uh, yeah i was like are you fucking kidding me i think i said that out loud (laughs) like i get it and and so at the end of the movie her fate is Slightly uncertain in that she, you know, hits her in the leg and leaves her to die. We don't actually see her die. But she's surrounded by, like, yeah. 35 monsters. Yeah, and, and when we see her in this movie, uh, she, she looks like, you know, she's in bad shape. But she doesn't look like she's in much worse shape than she was when we last saw her. So, I don't know if those vampires or fucking monsters just gave up on her and said, you know what? You're cool now. You can live here. <laughs> well, you know, what's what's weird, too, is that... um. Is that there? <laughs> I did like the moment later on though, where where Juno, uh, yeah, I can't believe she's in this movie. But where Juno is like, you know, I I know the way out. Follow me. And Sarah raises a very good point by yeah. saying, "Well, why are you still here then? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> if you know how to get out, if you, if you, you knew the way out, here? why why didn't you leave already? Why yeah? Why are you still here? What are you doing? What unfinished business do you have?" <laughs> The great thing is that she she's very she's almost feral herself yeah. only for about five minutes. Yeah, then she like she quickly snaps out of that, and then as soon as she finds out that Sarah's down there, they have a little like tussle, mm-hmm. and then they're fine. And then they're fine. Uh, I will say I, I got to talk about in the context of Juno here. The one there's one moment in this movie that I enjoyed. Oh, one specific when the credits moment. rolled and it was over. Well, okay, well two specific moments then. Okay. Um, so we have a scene. So, of course, once everything goes down and Juno's there and tells her side of the story, the sheriff decides to handcuff Sarah, which, as we know, is very dumb in this situation. Mm-hmm. And it ends up in a situation where uh, a rock gives way and the sheriff falls down into a hole, being held up only by uh, Sarah's handcuff, which is handcuffed to his wrist and her wrist. So obviously this is very painful for Sarah and Juno and... Uh, uh, the the deputy or constable or whatever corporal the cop corporal no, cop corporal cop is there and they're holding on to her and trying to keep her from falling down and so they come to the conclusion like hey uh, uh, chop his wrist off we got to cut it and so 
I guess it's it's the cop who grabs the uh, the iconic uh, red hiking pick and begins to hack away at his wrist. Which you know what? Okay, it, it's gory, but it's kind of a cool scene. That's not what I'm talking about, though. So hack, 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 hack. The uh, monsters are coming up. Finally, they get the the wrist off, and you know, sheriff falls into the hole. And okay, so they start to pull. This is the moment I'm talking about. So they start to pull Sarah up. And as they pull Sarah up, Juno kind of reaches, looks over the edge to where the handcuff is, and she just grabs the hand that's in there, pulls it out, and tosses it over the side. And I thought, that is a wonderful moment. That's one little bit of humanity that's still in her, that her friend, you know, just went through this trauma, this horrible thing, and she doesn't want to add to it anymore. So she's like, I'll take care of this disembodied hand quickly, so that when you pull up your handcuffs, you don't have to worry about it. I like that. That was, it was the one little glimmer of, of creativity creativity and interestingness in this fucking waste of time <laughs> and and i'll tell you this right now if i if i put money on it yeah. i would put money on the on the actor yeah. making that choice i think yeah no i think the actor just made that choice and it was great it was a good choice to make yeah and i could be wrong but it does it did seem like a very like uh in the moment kind of yeah. uh kind of move yeah no, I agree. Although I will say that I thought it was weird because I thought when they said you have to cut it, I thought they were going to use the axe to just cut the chain. Yeah, that's what I thought initially. And I, it would actually have been a funny joke if like she started hacking away at the wrist. She's like, no, I meant the chain. <laughs> well, well, I feel like it would have eventually cut that chain, right? I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I guess would it have been quicker to try to, to break that metal chain or, or go through the wrist? I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was a very, very gory scene. Yeah, we got a couple of good gore moments in this movie. We got a oh, we got a squished head. Um, yeah. I actually should say another moment that I thought was pretty effective was when they come upon the first body they find, and it's like her head starts to move, her mouth starts to like move open. It's like, wait, there's no way she could be alive. And then a fucking rat comes out of her mouth. That was cool. <laughs> you imagine being cast in that role? Oh yeah, we're gonna have a rat climb out of your mouth. So uh, get ready. Because that that's a real rat. Sure looks like it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was a person, not a, uh, not a, not a prop. So you know that rat's probably got a better pension than I do. Probably, probably a better boss too. That rat's union. <laughs> yeah, that rat is a uh, cupie. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to go back real quick again. I know we mentioned it before, but that's Juno coming back is why we have that moment where she's like Sarah talks to the deputy, who we've ne- we haven't really talked about. Be- because she's almost not not a character. But she talks to the deputy and she's like, oh, well, let me tell you about this crazy story. So basically, my husband cheated on me with Juno. And then my husband and my daughter died. And then I felt really sad. And Juno felt really guilty. And then we went in a cave. And Juno didn't tell anyone where we were going. And then we went to a different cave. And then Juno just left my friend to die. And then I, I, I hit her in the knee and left her to die. And then I was very yeah. sad and I escaped. And I'm not, I'm not joking she says all of those yeah. details yeah she just recounts what happened in a very matter of fact fashion the, the the deputy i don't know if there's movies like this uh elsewhere and there must be but like the deputy is a character created specifically for the person that did not see the first movie to be able to know what's going on <laughs> yeah she's our conduit yeah absolutely <laughs> um and then and then of course we have <laughs> we we uh I, I noted that uh juno returning reminds me of like the fast and furious movies where mm. people don't die they just come back in later movies yeah. and uh i said i can't wait to i can't wait to see her in descent three tokyo drift yeah <laughs> um hans back hans back <laughs> it's getting to the point of like insane it's getting to the point of ridiculous now yeah 
yeah. yeah, it's just it's just getting there now with Fast Ten. Before it was you know pretty pretty logically sound. Uh, now it's only starting to get silly. Yeah. I, I I mentioned the sacrifice thing earlier, and I said there was another one coming up. Yeah. Number one, Juno dies twice. Yep. <laughs> she, she she dies for real. Although who fucking knows? Who knows? Who knows? She could be back in Descent Three. Yeah. Um. But but Juno assumedly die assumedly dies here. But then, which I think is a a dumb fucking decision because I don't give a shit about the deputy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But we have Sarah, who only we because we have a quick 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 moment where we find out that the deputy has a kid. Yeah. And Sarah lost her kid. Yeah. So Sarah's thinking is, well, I don't want this kid to lose her mother. So she sacrifices herself by screaming at the top of her lungs and getting the monsters to all swarm her. And and we assume that they've killed Sarah, although who knows? She could show up in Descent 3 also. But again, much like the first sacrifice, ultimately fucking pointless. So we can have the stupid twist (laughs) where she's running through the woods. The deputy's running through the woods, turns around and gets hit with a shovel. Oh, who is it? It's the hick from earlier. Uh, Cool, because remember his character that we literally saw for four lines? And it turns out he's the one that's been helping the monsters to feed. Yeah, and there's no there's no telegraphing of that. There's no like beyond like the law and order logic of well, one of the first people you talk to is going to be the criminal. Um, it doesn't. It's not telegraphed. It's the same thing with Juno's appearance in the movie. There's no telegraphing of it. There's no indication until all of a sudden, twenty minutes before the movie's over, Juno shows up, and then at the end of the movie, this guy who we briefly saw just. I guess, he guess he's feeding the vampires. Is he the guy? What is is this setting up for the, the the descent three that has yet to be made? Of like where we explain why this guy is like is he the keeper of the town? You know he's keeping the peace by feeding these guys. But yeah, the, the, we don't know because they don't fucking tell us anything. <laughs> they don't even they don't even imply anything. No, it's it's and then and then it's just so we can get the shock ending where the bad guys win. And we get the moment where the deputy gets uh, shoveled over by the by the hole where they're crawling out of, um, just so one of the monsters can crawl right up into the camera, and we go to the end credits. What a shocker! Yeah, yeah, for nothing, for nothing. Uh, nothing. A, mo- a movie that that uh, gives us nothing and leaves us with nothing. <laughs> well, Jason, it sounds like you really liked it. Is there any other uh, things you want to talk about? Um, let me look through my notes here. Let's see. I did that. Some of the some of the gore in this movie is is silly to the point where it's like reaching Evil Dead levels. Like where uh, 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 Sarah has like one of them above her, and it's like belching out blood all over her face, and it felt very Evil Dead at that point. And this movie is not Evil Dead. This movie is not a fun tone to it at all. No. Uh, the shit lake was something. Um, <laughs> the shit lake was something. Uh, is that your note? Yeah. We bring Juno back 20 minutes before the end of the movie only to kill her again. Oh, I didn't mind the moment. I will say I didn't mind the moment where, um, that one victim from the first movie was still hanging by that pulley. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was okay. Cool. That was cool. That was like, okay. like making references to that first one. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll give you that. Now I got nothing else. It's, uh, now I got nothing else. <laughs> That's like too angry for bits and bobs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jason, I, I got some some a few little things about this movie, uh, about the behind the scenes here. 
Um, the director, uh, John Harris, had the crawler slightly redesigned for the sequel. I'm sure you could tell. Um, apart from darker skin tones with better camouflage ability, they look more feral with more scars, have more deformities, and he added several rows of teeth like a shark. Okay. Again, unnecessary things. Um, if you want to talk about how this movie could have could have even been worse, apparently the deputy character was originally going to be a clinical psychologist. How stupid would it have been for them to be like, let's take this clinical psychologist with us down into this cave? Well, to be like, I think the best option for this woman suffering post-traumatic stress disorder is to take her back to the situation that gave her that post-traumatic stress disorder and let her experience it again, and maybe that'll jog her memory. <laughs> That's I another mean, thing. At yeah. least, at least, dumb small town cop. We can we can believe that he. He's dumb. He doesn't have a right. degree in clinical psychology, so we understand why he may not have the right idea when it comes to this sort of thing. But yeah, even that was too much. Why Why did they have somebody smart enough to be like, yeah, no, that's stupid, but not smart enough to be like, guys, this whole movie is stupid. Yeah, no one to even lampshade it. <laughs> um, I think uh, one thing we didn't really mention, be, uh, which I'm surprised because I thought it was unnecessary too, is that uh, unlike the first movie, the crawlers are not exclusively male in this one. There's like there's like a, a couple of females and even some like child crawlers that they're calling them, uh, because the director was like, well, I mean, having male crawler, male only crawlers would make no sense. I mean, how would the colony have survived? To which I to which I would argue, we don't necessarily see everyone. No. Like, what does it matter? Yeah. What does it really matter? Yeah. In the first one, I'm. I'm like I'm watching the first movie, and my initial thoughts are not like, "Wait a second, I don't see any female crawlers." Now, how is this society surviving? I want to know about the p- political uh, machinations well, of the crawler society. I, I mean, how? I mean, how are we supposed to tell what their gender is I mean, or their sex? Like, how are we supposed to tell? I mean, short of having their genitals shoved in our face, like. Well, in this one, they that. give the in this one they give the female long hair. I don't know if you noticed that. You fucking with me. No, I'm not joking. There's one with long hair. Really? Yes, How there's did I a miss female that? crawler. And there's a kid too. Aw. I must have been I must have <laughs> uh, been looking off that. screen at that point. Ugh. Yeah. There was also a doggy in this movie and I was scared because I thought it was gonna get killed, but it didn't. Um, I don't have a whole lot else. Uh Jason, uh you, you say this movie does go to the Oscars? Sixteen nominations, Brendan, uh, and it yeah. won twelve of them. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And they were all technical awards. All technical awards. Best makeup, best costume, best uh, uh, sound editing on a Thursday. It won them all. <laughs> best sound editing on a Thursday? Yeah, no, they've got seven sound editing awards now. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, how do they keep track? How do they know which one did uh, on which day? Uh, they, they have a calendar. <laughs> okay, wow. A non-answer, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, obviously there's no Oscars. There's no BAFTAs. Um, but I will say that uh, the rating on Rotten Tomatoes is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. 51%, wow. just over half. That, um, that, people are dumb. That does that makes no sense. <laughs> that uh, said A-OK. That's the critics' rating. Um, the consensus says the Descent 2 goes spelunking for its predecessor's unnerving power, but never digs beyond surface chills. Although, although this decent – or sorry – Although this efficient splatterfest contains enough nasty set pieces to sate the gore prone, the Telegraph gave the film three out of five stars. Says though it stretches credul- cred- credulity, 
Words are hard. The last half hour is a tense team scramble to get out and stay out, but the best move in this above-par shocker is digging right back into the claustrophobic emotional traumas which made part one so thrilling. I would argue there's none of that. No, there's not. Did you watch the first movie reviewer at the Telegraph? <laughs> yeah, really. Um... And finally, Variety said, treading closely in the steps of its predecessor in every sense, the sequel has less emotional nuance, shows more of the monsters, and opts this time for a less in less interesting co-ed cast instead of the all-femme crew used so effectively in the original. Nevertheless, as popcorn entertainment, it delivers and should satisfy fans on all platforms. No. So it's pretty uh, mixed reception, although uh, Jason uh, may have lowered that rating if he had been a critic reviewing this so, movie. Yeah. Um, this movie though uh, it, it only cost about six million dollars still fairly low budget um, but it didn't do that well it only made about 7.2 million so it got a theatrical release it went to theaters wow yeah um, didn't didn't do uh, didn't do super good but but there but then again that's that's the descent part two so Jason um, I'm waiting for your glowing recommendation and I know you're gonna put it on the list right above Lawrence yeah, of Arabia right there yeah. so let us know overall thoughts on this movie actually speaking of, of Lawrence and Arabia I will say this movie not as boring as Lawrence after Arabia I'll give it that <laughs> wow high price wait wait is it as boring as the Dr. Zhivago TV remake. Oh, God, no, no. I mean, okay, well, th this movie has the decency to be over in an hour and a half. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, no, fuck this movie. This is just a poor example of a sequel. I mean, it's nice that they got the original actresses back for the movie in various capacities. That was, you know, more than a lot of these cheap at knockoff sequel things would do. But yeah, it's just, no, why bother? It's such, so useless. The original movie is a great little horror movie that does not need any sequels. I mean, really, you could probably say that about a lot of horror movies that got sequels, but ultimately I don't foresee a descent franchise on the level of a Freddy or a Jason. Mm. So yeah, don't, don't bother. Christ, save your life. Use your, spend it with your kids or something. Don't watch this movie. So you're saying this movie is not the uh, the aliens to the descents alien? Unfortunately, not. Okay. Well, I'm going to disagree and say I think this is the best film of the year. Whoa! Uh, no, this is, <laughs> obviously, it's not good. Um, it's just it's just so generic and it's just so trite and tropey and and like I said, everything we praised the first one for not being this is that movie. And like I, mean, I predicted, this is that Americanized, like, shitty, don't give a fuck uh, sequel. It's sort of like it's it, it's a sequel, but really it's like it's like the asylum version of its own movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, aesthetically, it doesn't look. No, that okay, bad. well, I'll give it that. It doesn't look that bad. <laughs> um, but it it is unnecessary, and it is uh, pretty much a big nothing. So don't bother. Please. That's the first time I think we've gone, we've both gone real hard on a movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess because it's so disappointing after how good the first movie was. Yeah. That it, it just feels like such a slap in the face to the creative forces behind the first movie to make well, this it's, useless thing. It's sequel, it's, it's a sequel like this though, Jason, where clearly... And this is and it's crazy that it's directed by the editor of yeah. the first movie because you'd think he would have gotten it. You know, you think he would have 
you know, got the vibe from the first movie since he put the damn thing together. But it's the thing, obviously, where you get the the people that make the sequel that watch the first one and think they get it, and they don't really get what the appeal was at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, or they think they do, or in their opinion they do, but they don't. So that's it, The Descent Part 2. We're going to throw it down into a cave to never return. Now, Jason, hopefully things turn around for us next week because yeah. we're going back to our trusty old Empire list. Yay! Which means... Which means what? Which means we got to spin that wheel, Brendan. Yep, that's right. So what, 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 what do you mean spin that wheel, Jason? We have a very large wheel that has the name of all the movies left on the list on it. We've been slowly uh, 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 taking movies off it as we have been watching them and... We let fate, we let the universe decide what we watch next on this list. So, Brendan, if you would, please spin that wheel. And I also just want to note, just before I do, there are only eight movies on the list left to go. So, here we go. Spin, spin, spin. What do we get? Descent Part 3, no! No! (laughs) All right, what do we got here? Okay. Jason, this is an interesting one. This is one I've had my eye on. I've been watching it work its way up through the ranks, okay? But coaching it as as the years go by. As the years go by, as you might say, 45 years. Because that's right, next week we're going to talk about the film 45 Years, starring Tom Courtney. I've never heard of this movie. Is this a more recent Tom Courtney picture? Yes, this this movie is from 2015, Ooh. and this also stars Charlotte Rampling. Okay, so we're gonna check that out. 45 years, and it and Jason, you'll be delighted to know that it's 95 minutes long. Nice, not 45 years long, which would have been difficult to get an episode on for next. I'm, week. I'm glad we get to see Tom Courtney uh, as an older man before we watch uh, uh, whatever that new Railway Children: The Next Generation is. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yes. Railway children, days of future past. That's right. <laughs> so there you go. That's what we're going to do. Going back to the list next week. Um, but Jason, until then, they can find us all over the place. They can find us on all the podcast apps. They just have to search for us. Just type in your search bar for screen. And country. And you can also go to our home base at ageofradio.org slash for screening country. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for us there. You can also find us on Twitter at FSACpod, as in for screen. And country. Podcast. Jason, what about you? Where are you hiding? Where are you posting uh. your, uh, your descent to slash fiction? <laughs> it's, it's always on Twitter, baby. Twitter, and then you can go over to Hive for my... Um, uh, I got nothing. You can just go to Hive. I don't go on it very much, but maybe Twitter will explode and I'll have to use it. But it's there, at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Come by and try to restore my faith in humanity just a little bit. And, and Jason, I was made to ask you this. M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Is that how you spell Jason? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the Gaelic spelling of Jason. Oh wow, that's a very interesting, uh, very interesting spelling. Yeah, it's, it's like my friend whose name is pronounced uh, is spelt luxury yacht, but it's actually pronounced throat wobbler mangrove. Well, that's it, Jason. So as we wrap up here, as we prepare to talk about a Tom Courtney film next week called Forty Five Years, I am just gonna say to you, God save the king. And baby, here comes spring. And for screen and country, I'm Brendan, and I'm Jason. 
45 years could give you such a crick in the neck. Oh. Come home in the morning like my mom says when you're gonna start living right. Oh, mother dear, we're not the fortunate ones and girls just wanna have fun. Whoa, girls just wanna have Do you really? 